I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Recording. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, you're listening to Fail Like an Artist with your hosts, Julie Battisti and me, Phoebe Ganser, a podcast discussing all the ways we've failed as artists with insight, advice and humour. Each episode, we will discuss a failure and what we've learnt from it. Howdy doody, Julie. <laughs> Sorry, that was too much. <laughs> Start assuming to continue. <laughs> I'm dialing it down a tiny bit. Okay. Howdy doody, Julie. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Sorry, that was just quite, <laughs> quite a roller coaster. <laughs> I did all the emotions. Um, <laughs> trying to be normal, but I've forgotten how that is, and I don't think I ever was, so um, I'm just going <laughs> to let this episode unfold as it does. How are you? I was, I'm good, I'm good. I was listening to a podcast earlier, and they were saying, um, oh, my, you can find us here on Instagram, and if you receive any weird you know sounding messages it's probably not us it's probably a spam account and I was like oh we probably can't say that (laughs) if you get any weird messages just be nice and you'll reply (laughs) be kind (laughs) I feel like like any of the replies that I've typed are probably like full of typos or you can hear my kid in the background while I'm sending a voice note no you've been good at keeping the ball in the air this week thank you because I have struggled a bit with trying to be on social media and reply reply I was going to say respond and then I wanted to go with reply but I reply I I respond to plenty of people no do you know what I mean it swings and roundabouts sometimes you've got more time sometimes I've got more time sometimes none of us have got time we might we might come back circle back to that (laughs) in a minute when we talk about time a bit more but how's your week going I know you've had a bit of a rocky uh, rocky weekend and beginning part so talk talk me through that when I called you on the weekend I was having I had such a meltdown it felt like this unsurmountable problem and sometimes I think do you know what talking through it and a good cry is quite cathartic and have sort of thought of some little things I can put in place to improve things but 
I'm feeling good now, which is nice. But on Saturday, it was just had another week with two kids down with gastro. It was another week where I didn't really get into the studio. I felt like I could just see my deadlines slipping away and everything just felt too much. I was just like, I don't know if I can do this. Have I bitten off more than I can chew? What am I doing? I sort of snapped at my husband and he was like, well, what, what's going on? And it was like, well, what's going on is that we've got, we've, you know, I barely slept the last three nights because our kids have been sick. But underneath all that head was sort of, I feel like in any lead up to any big exhibition, I knew there was going to be sort of some meltdown moment. I don't know if I thought it was going to be quite so soon, but I think I probably underestimated how much pressure there would be getting through winter with two kids. Um, so that felt pretty horrendous actually it's like we've had two months where I feel like I've barely had more than a couple of days where both kids have been well yeah it's hard yeah I've been really trying to focus on doing a couple of small things for me like starting to go for walks and doing a little bit here and there and trying to focus on keeping my mental health a priority because there's not that many levers that I feel like I can pull in regards to time So when I'm short of it, which I have been lately, it's like I can eat, you know, if I've only got an hour or half an hour where I can find time to get to where I've got free time, it's either I can go for a walk or I can go to the studio. And because I haven't had that much time in the studio, I keep pulling that lever where it's like, I'll just go and get some work done because that feels like the bigger priority. But then it means that continually there's been... Like I had one good week where I feel like I got in three walks in a week and then it was, you know, the minute anyone gets sick or any big thing happens. And that is the beauty of, you know, working for yourself and painting and all of that is that I can scale up and down the amount of work that I'm doing and it's sort of when my kids are sick, it's not a big deal for me to stay home. It's not like I've got to call an employer or, you know, it makes more sense in our family dynamic. But it does, I feel like when it happens relentlessly, it just feels, it just had one of those days where everything just felt a little bit unfair. Like I have this big goal that I'd been working towards and it's just like, well, when when do I get time for me and my stuff? And I think it's like the, the exhibition has th- thrown in for you a, a, another you know a a huge extra layer of kind of responsibility to your life that on -hmm. top of two kids has made it uh, probably more challenging than if you just had the two kids and your art practice and you were ticking your way Mm -hmm. through commissions or you know working towards a collection that you were going to decide on the day that you launch and what etc etc there would be a lot more um wiggle room around your art practice and whilst it might be frustrating to let that slide like you wouldn't have that same level of kind of stress I guess the the fact you've got this exhibition you've you've got a deadline to get these paintings finished and um on you know over to Australia by and that deadline can't move that that's fixed it just sort of amplifies that pressure a bit and it just means that I keep putting those little moments for myself off it's like well I don't have time to go for a walk now I've got to get all of these other things done um and I you know spoke to you spoke to my partner took a deep breath and sort of just went do you know what and you know well I think we'll flesh into this a little bit more later 
I need to make sure that those other things do get priority because if I've gone for a walk, if I've made a tiny bit of time for myself and my partner, my head is so much clearer that the work that I do do is always better, but it can be really hard to see that when you're thinking I've only got so much time, I've got to make sure I use it like this deadline's creeping up. I feel your car you've got a cut your you know you've got a car and you've got your destination that you've got to get to and mm. you've got to keep stopping because your kids are being you know car sick and so that's slowing you down slowing you down slowing you down but and you also have tires that need air in and that's like your self-care and the, the thing is you're mm. like I don't want to stop again to put air in the tires I've already stopped three times because of the sick kids I've got to get to this destination but the thing is you are actually going to make your journey there more stressful and difficult and potentially slower if you don't stop and put that air in the tyres. Yeah, it's such a good analogy. And it just I've just got to breaking point on the weekend. It was Your tyres were flat. Oh, fuck. The tyres were so flat. And you were like, I'm pushing the car from behind now, Phoebe. What do I do? <laughs> anyway, I'm feeling much better and I feel like actually... You know, they say you um, you write the book you need to write or, you know, oh, you no, no, it's not that. You write the book you need to read. And I feel like sometimes these podcasts are a bit like that. So, you know, we record the podcast that we need in that particular week. So listening to a bunch of things on time management this week, I actually found a bunch of strategies that sort of not – and I think for me big changes are not good. That doesn't – that rocks the boat too much – but small little incremental things that I've sort of been implementing that have made a big difference and actually made me feel really hopeful again, which is really nice. And sometimes I really do feel like you just need to lose your shit a little bit, have a cry, and then I immediately felt so much better. It was like such a... Oh, I, I don't think you sound like you need, were, were crying or losing your shit. <laughs> I'd hate for you to hear my version of that. <laughs> you sounded like you were being very you know just truthful and saying it how it was and and you know sometimes you just need to be heard and, and have em- someone with empathy who's who's been in that situation you know because I have had not necessarily deadlines like you've got looming but I have had kids that are sick and a husband that's away and you know tasks that need to be done and I, a tank that feels completely empty tires that feel completely mm. flat and it's it's so difficult and so exhausting and oftentimes when you're in that you don't you can't see a way out and you you, yeah. you actually just need someone to be like do you know what it's okay to just pause and just pre- mm. reshuffle things and and it's also okay to feel terrible and have a cry and have a you know meltdown about it Exactly. the unfairness of it all and how hard it is and why has it got to be like this? I know. I think, sometimes, you know, when it's like, well, you know, having kids is a choice and so sometimes I feel like I can't whinge about that and then sometimes it's just like, do you know what? Sometimes it's really tough. <laughs> it's... Well, that, yeah, they, they, those two thoughts can be, you know, held in the same. Two things can be true at once, yeah. Having kids is amazing and a privilege and a blessing, obviously, but it can also be incredibly challenging and difficult and mm. it can leave you absolutely depleted and at times questioning why why you thought this was I think 
it's really meaningful and that brings us that word I think is really well encompassing but that doesn't mean it's always enjoyable yeah anyway um how was your week because we sort of I know you've had some ups and downs too (sighs) yeah last week started off well so I'd had uh, the school holidays and done my kids art workshop I got back in the studio I had a couple of days of feeling like ah I can breathe and like yes I think maybe life is good (laughs) and then the universe knocked on my door but it wasn't the universe it was a man and he he said is this your cat and my cat had been hit by a car um I didn't think she was going to make it she was too poorly to like I had to hold her like I thought she's I didn't think she was going to make it to the vet so like my very kind friend just dropped everything in the middle of her dinner time and came and got me and took took us to the vet um the after hour vet met met us and yeah it was very stressful my kids were very upset obviously I was very upset but trying to hold it together because didn't want to make them more upset than they were I made them say goodbye to her um which was really upsetting because I honestly didn't she was pretty she was unresponsive and Mm. you know especially when I realized the road that she was hit on I didn't think she was going to make it they're a very big part of our our family and this uh, our pixie dust the our cat is is kind of my middle son's cat and um it really is special to him especially he was distraught and it was really upsetting she did make it through the night and she's she's fine ish now she's it's not quite the same as i don't know if she'll ever be the same she's got some optic nerve damage because she was hit on the head then i had a vet's bill to pay and so i put a i put a thing up on my stories to to say that i was going to take 20 percent off everything on my website to help cover like i just thought if, if a few people buy prints or something then like my profit margin is enough that i could take 20 percent off and still make a bit of money and then hopefully be able to because you know I don't really have loads of spare mm. money sitting about for things like this at the moment and the um, response from people was just like couldn't can't still get over the amount of support like just all the love from people that I don't know and uh, kind of it was just so humbling and um you know people did said look i can't afford to buy a print but i could give a a ko-fi or you know a small donation and so yeah just seeing those come in with the messages and stuff like it just oh it would just like i just couldn't stop crying because of the cat but then i couldn't stop crying because of the gratitude from the and, and the overwhelm and stuff so uh yeah, so I just want to say like a thank you publicly because I have tried on my Instagram to say thank you, but I feel like I, you know when you're like I haven't said it enough times like I need to capitalize it and underline it and highlight it, but I can't stress enough how thankful I am um, to the community of people that messaged and reached out and donated and bought print and stuff. It just was just just incredible really and um oh it just really kind of just made me think how privileged I am to have 
built that community and have people care and um mm. it just felt really held and supported and that was just really lovely I just anyway so that really was that week kind of written off to be honest I didn't do much I couldn't do much after that like just anyway and then I had my adults art workshop to plan for which I did you know on the Friday I kind of was like I've got to sort myself out and do because I had to make a decision do I cancel or not and like I was like well I don't I'm not going to cancel because I've sold out and she's okay and she's home and, you know, she's improving. So I'll do it. But then I had to do the demo for that and get all the materials ready and, um, you know, grid all the canvases and just make sure I had everything that I needed. And um, so I did my workshop on the Sunday and it was great. It was, well, I, I thought it was amazing. I really enjoyed it. It was, the venue was perfect. Um, it was a lovely vibe, really lovely people. Everyone seemed to have fun. And then that night I had like the worst anxiety dreams I've ever had. <laughs> like, I don't know what was going on in my brain, but I dreamt I was back in the room and just, um, but I hadn't got all the stuff. I hadn't got my materials. And I was like, oh no, I've left something. I've left all the stuff behind and all the people were there. And then I like was wandering around this strange town looking for my house and I couldn't find it. And then finally found this house that was apparently mine and that's where my stuff was and then made it back to the art the workshop but like only my friend was left and everybody else had gone because they were like you were where did you go for two hours we just sat and waited and we all want our money back and so like, this like it's so weird that you had that after the event especially when it went well I don't know yeah just don't know what Carl Young would make of that but I think it was more mm-hmm. like I I think I was so like running on adrenaline perhaps and um, Mm. comparing it to the first one, which was different, you know, look, it was different. And I guess my brain was like, was it better though? Or was it worse? Or, you know, and then by Monday I tried to get in the studio and do stuff. And like, I just, I, I think I said to you, I feel like my brain's mashed potato. And I think it all just caught up with me actually. Monday mm. and t- mon- today and yesterday, yeah, not today, but Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, I didn't really, I did stretch a canvas and gesso a canvas yesterday and that felt like progress and started a little bit of painting, but I had this massive to-do list of all these things I wanted to get done because I had had so little time last week, you know, and so I was kind of a bit like you in that sense of like, I've got to catch up, I've got this stuff I want to do and then I just felt like I was stuck in mud and I was like what's wrong with me why can't I just do stuff and then I think I realized that I'd actually just hit a a mentally exhausted wall. Your adrenaline had probably been running at such a high level for such a long time. (laughs) Where are you on the fail scale? Um failing to fail scale um oh look I'm probably at about a six or a seven I'm still feeling a little bit like I'm, if you know, if I try and purely dilute it down to artwork stuff, I still feel like I'm a little bit behind and feeling a little bit overwhelmed. Um, but it's not insurmountable. It's not like an eight or a nine. It's... And you? Where are you, where are you at? Oh, yeah. What, like, life aside. <laughs> mm, and it's really hard to dilute out the life, the... I think we'll just keep fail scale to art. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, I think I was about a si- seven yesterday because I was feeling like I didn't achieve anything and I hadn't moved forwards and da da da. Um, but then I found out I sold a painting Yay. last night, which um, was happy really dance. exciting. Yay, happy dance. I was in bed. I wasn't, I didn't do a happy dance. I did a sort of happy wriggle. <laughs> <laughs> happy wiggle. Um, uh, sorry, I don't know why that's funny. It's just not... I used to imagine you. Um, so that was really nice because that was a a painting from my greenhouse interiors collection that I think I was feeling quite I'll be honest I was feeling I was feeling quite sad and um defeated about like launching that oh it just made me go like I don't like launching collections and this is Mm. why because if you launch and you sell something it feels great and if you launch and you sell nothing tell you what feels pretty shit (laughs) Mm, even though it's like normal you know a lot of the time for people for that to happen and that is actually probably the norm for people Mm. you you don't think that that in your head you think oh i'm obviously useless and my art it's really tough i think especially i think right now you know i what i what i've had from feedback from other artists is like don't take the you know the fact that you haven't sort of sold out on launch as any kind of indication of mm. oh, I'm so glad that you've had some conversations with like with other people in the same boat it was really really nice to see that I'd sold a piece and um it just restores a bit of faith in in yourself doesn't it a bit of validation but yeah so that's kind of where I am I'm probably on about five now I guess oh that's good so Julie how have you what have you been doing then to, to sort of try and change up your time management, I guess, since you melt down? The thing that I don't do, the thing that I can never seem to find time for is the stuff for myself. So whether it's going for a walk, whether it's having some downtime, whether that's cooking a meal, mm. all of those things that I used to really enjoy doing, it's sort of, well, I don't have time for those, so they're the things that I'll have to give. Mm. Um, and... It's been interesting this week. I think you sent me a podcast with an interview with a guy named Oliver Berkman that wrote a book called 4,000 Weeks. He was talking about this idea of paying yourself first. And so even if it's just two minutes or five minutes of stuff for yourself, because waiting until you have time, you're never going to get to the end of your to-do list. And if you stop trying to reach the end or reach the point where you have time that expectation I actually found it really liberating to sort of go I'm never going to get to the end of the to-do list I've just got to make time for it now and so we've sort of said look on on Friday and Saturdays when we can we'll do something together as a couple whether it's you know just making a, a cocktail and having a chat or watching a show or making a meal but just making that our priority and on nights where my husband has to work that's fine and we're nights where something else pops up like not beating ourselves up for it when it doesn't happen but having that be the expectation that on those nights that's the priority um and little things like instead I think I was looking at a few weeks ago I was like well I've got to start you know making sure I go for a walk and did that but in my usual style was like all right now this is going to be I'm going to do this 110 percent and make a big thing out of it and I think I just need to relax about it pair it back when i was listening to another um podcast 
actually this morning um, called 10% Happier um, and the guy was interviewing this lady called Laura Vanderkam, I think she's called, who's an author. She She's written loads of, I think she's written like nine books about time or five books about time or something, like a lot of books about time mm. management and stuff. Um, and she was saying the one, the, her most recent book, she, she's, she lays out like nine strategies or something for managing time. But one of them was um, to, to make a habit consistent doesn't mean like doing it every single day yeah. and giving yourself the flexibility of uh, um, saying three times a week, for instance, isn't is all I'm going to like that. I'm, I'm going to go for a walk three times a week but not giving yourself any more kind of framework around it. So don't say mm. it's got to be 30 minutes long. Don't say I've got to do it Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, because the more constraints you put around that, then that becomes the pressure to, that makes you end up not being able to do it. Whereas life, if you just say just three, too... three times a week is doable yeah. to go for a walk, even if it ends up being like you you did it on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, you went for a walk and the rest yeah. of it you didn't, you're still consistently doing something three times. Um, and it's it's interesting because I'm capable of doing that when it comes to work. So, for example, I use my whiteboard in the studio really effectively and I set my goals for a month. Right, So I never look at things in terms of what I need to do this week or what I need to do this day. But for myself personally, in my yeah. personal life, I just, that's where I have all those hurdles. You need a whiteboard. And, <laughs> I need a whiteboard for my life. And then it's like too many things. Too so many it was one of the fridge. other like takeaways from that has been to look at things on a daily level, yeah. like what are you doing right now? Like mm. right now I can go for a walk and I can focus on this next 10 minutes and I don't have to think about the weeks where I didn't go for a walk or how much I've failed at it or mm. how I've, you know, it's been nine months and I haven't had a consistent exercise regime. It's like yeah. it doesn't, just let go of all that shit. Yeah. Today, today you can go for a walk. Yeah. Yeah. And that has been a nice way of sort of reframing things in a way that is, um, because Kinda. there are going to be times where between the kids and family stuff and work where it's not going to happen. Yeah. And then there's times where, do you know what, tomorrow's a fresh day. If it didn't happen today, that's all right. Tomorrow, we'll try again. Yeah, because I'm very much like that. I'll be like, right, I'm going to I'm gonna go for a run, you know, every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And then, you know, it'll be pouring with rain or, you know, absolutely pel- belting down on the Wednesday. And I'll be like, oh, I didn't go for a run. And then I'll be like, oh, that's it. It's over. <laughs> and then I'll just then, you know, Friday will come around. And I go, oh, I missed Wednesday. So as well, Friday, missed Friday too. And then, and suddenly you mm. failed. And then you just go into this spiral of like the shame spiral of I can't even do that. Whereas, yeah, if you, if you just take each day as it comes and goes, what can I do today? What's going to make me feel, what's going to fill my, uh, my tires today type thing. Yeah, exactly. Because it can sometimes instead of looking at it in terms of these big goals that you want to meet sometimes it's just like all right I did two minutes mm. like that's I enough did, for today I, I did a downward dog today while the kettle boiled yeah <laughs> like that was felt like I was like well at least I've kind of turned myself upside down <laughs> once it is and it's like it was interesting on the Facebook group this week I put up a note about time management and people's comments or advice and what I might do is put all of the wonderful advice that people gave up I'll pop it in the newsletter as a little list yeah there's a couple of questions that we might get to later but in terms of the advice was really great and there were a couple of people just saying it's just nice to be gentle to yourself and be kind and 
was like, oh, I don't, I don't do that a lot. I just, you know, there was more in my life. So I just kept raising the expectations and the, mm. how much more I'm going to cram into 24 hours, which yeah. is very much my personality. And sometimes I've just got to keep that in check, check and yeah. realize what I'm doing and that it is, you know, it can be a bit of a spectrum and sometimes I go way too far on the trying to fit too much stuff in and yeah. it's sort of finding that middle ground that comfortable area of yeah but it is for me it's a constant struggle and I don't I don't know part of me doesn't know that you can ever really balance it no but, but I think doing... suddenly like when you're suddenly aware of something like we talked about last week you don't know what you don't know like you mm. pra- you perhaps weren't really aware of your lack of kind of putting your own needs as a priority you, mm. you 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 knew that like your work is a priority and you love your work so of course you know it's not something you want to avoid it's not like you hate your job um, yeah and so and, but and you know you've got to look after your kids like they're they're a priority you've got to be a mum. you've got to do those job duties but now you've got this awareness of actually if I don't also look after myself I mean it's so cliched you know self-care is important like we hear it mm. bang on about it it's, it's, it's not that actually... i don't know that stuff it's just really hard to act, like that's the action stuff that i find it. hard to act on it and i mm. think that's we're saying it doesn't need to be a 30 minute run just go for a walk for two minutes yeah like just get out get out of the house do something for yourself it's the i don't have time for that is a real strong mm. message in my head like mm. you could use that time to do like 12 other things yeah and I think it's it's changing that priority list around. It's it's so hard, isn't it? Mm. And it, like it's other little things. Like when I like I really like to find a time to sort of do some things for me that aren't reaching a goal. Like for me, I think the walking and the exercising are still sort of almost like goal, goal orientated. Yes. But doing some mindless little things that aren't like hobbies again. Mm. So whether it's just cooking or we used to really love making cocktails. And so the other night we sort of like, oh, let's launch in and do have a nice, like nothing night tonight. My husband made a cocktail. Mm. We sat down. We watched a TV show. It was like a real Were you like that? Were you going, look at me. I'm relaxing. Look at me. It was really uncomfortable to I'm start relaxing, with. I'm relaxing, Julie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not good. I'm not good at relaxing. <laughs> and I was so tempted to sort of like, oh, maybe I'll just sit here and reply to some emails. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this but, is what my, my husband catches. He last night, <clears> he was like, we were watching a show and then, you know, the adverts came on and I was like, I reached for my phone and I was like, oh, just, I know that I've got some DMs I have to reply to. And he was like, what, put it, put your phone away. You don't need to do that right now. And I was like, oh, but it's just, I haven't had a chance to reply. And he was like, it's 8.30. And that's really actually a real thing that I am going to try and work on, like boundaries around time Mm. that's sacred and be like, I do not need to be using, you know, well, replying to messages on social media or emails or or thinking, oh, I should post a story with a link, right? Because, you know, like all the time, like it, I need to set some boundaries around my work day and healthy, healthy boundaries around the weekends as well. And that is something I'm going to, I'm going to try this weekend mm. to have it was interesting media free weekend you know after our conversation about threads last week I had spent a couple of days where I posted a few things and then on the weekend I was just like I just no. don't care <laughs> don't have time 
Like it's just, it's off the to-do list. I can't yeah. even, I'm not even going to pretend like it's going to make it on there. On the, I may occasionally scroll it. Yeah, but yeah I'm just, exactly. You know, I, it's like, in terms of priorities, it's not one. No, and that's, and that's absolutely fine. And I think that was what mm. I was trying to get out last week was like, it's not going to be for everyone at all. And I will dip in and out of threads completely, probably out more than in. Um, it's it's much more like choose your bucket like mm-hmm. that's the thing it's like pick a bucket and then just give the attention to that when you have the time for it but um it was uh, yeah it was interesting a lot of the comments that came through and i wanted to know i was curious to know how much of this you do was around um batching like-minded tasks together i was wondering how much of that you do like because i don't know what your work scheduling is like whether you do you know, all of your admin on a certain day or emails on a certain day or whether you're just a bit... I'm a... A little bit from Columbia, a, a little to bit use from a t- to, to use a term that my friend Olivia uses, I'm a, I'm a chaos muppet. I, I wondered about that, yeah. I don't have a very... I, very, I, I struggle with time a lot and mm. time management a lot and I think this is where the... I think we have to kind of have that caveat when you are neurodivergent that it will be very different your management of time and your mm. um the way you do things will be different to people that are neurotypical and that is something that i again i've had to work a lot of of, of my shame and my expectations Absolutely. i've had to kind of work through that a lot with myself and make peace with how my brain works and not hold myself up to the expectation of of what a neurotypical person can achieve and do and so a lot of the times when I'm listening to these podcasts where they're like you know nine steps for managing your time and I go oh that's a really good idea oh that's a really good idea oh yes I should do that oh uh, uh, I should have a whiteboard I should have a spreadsheet (laughs) and all Mm -hmm. of these things and then I have to catch myself and remember oh that's right my brain is different yeah so it's not going to be the same for me and I like at the beginning of the week, I listened to a podcast around time management, and they were talking about the the Pomodoro method. Have you heard of uh, that? I I heard that term thrown around, and then I just was like, I can't be bothered reading anything about it. I don't have I don't have I, time to read about that. <laughs> I listened to a bit of a podcast. I can't even remember that I didn't write the podcast down, so it's, it wasn't the podcast was not relevant really. It was just that term, and then um, basically, it's a method of um, invented by someone. I'll link who it was. I don't know, but. Um, you work in 25 minute blocks and then you have a five minute break and you do that four times I think and then you have a longer break oh gosh I'm probably gonna get this wrong but anyway there's a method and it's like you do the 25 minutes five minute break 25 minutes five minute break 25 minutes and you do that four times and then you have a I think 30 minute break or something like that and then you start the cycle again so Mm. I tried to do that (laughs) I tried to do that and it was it didn't work for me (laughs) let's just say setting timers then having to remember to repeat the timer and then not I feel anxious just hearing about it (laughs) (laughs) I mean it might work for someone and perhaps if you work in an office and you're Mm. static and you're you know all your job is is like sitting at an office computer and and writing emails or I don't know like where people in offices do um Possibly that will work great because, yeah, you could end up being just static and working and not actually moving and you might need mm. that five-minute timer to go and stretch your legs and go and get a drink or whatever. 
but it, it felt really difficult and intrusive for me and I was trying to like pack package artwork and you know and then and then the the time went off and I was like oh no I've like five I've only got like one bit to do <laughs> and then I was like no I'll have my break I'll have my break I'll have my break okay um I guess the toilet get a drink and then I was like oh no I've got five minutes is up quick run back to the garage and start <laughs> taping and then and oh it was no I lasted like three rounds and was like this is not for me um and that was when I was like oh gosh come on Phoebe does you're not your brain doesn't work like that but um yeah. But I, what I have done is, when I then was in on deep diving into, you know, right, researching about time management and then thinking, right, okay, specifically ADHD time management, how does that look differently? And I came across um, something that I already knew, but I've never actually implemented, and that's the use of a visual timer. Um, there's something called a time timer where you you see you can turn the dial and it basically shows like a red section that is the time and that disappears to you know white as the you say you said it for 45 minutes it will mm. and and that is something that I had in the past thought of for my children never actually got around to buying because you know I don't know think of it and then forget to actually go ahead and do it um, egg timers are really good for the same reason yeah I think it needs these are quite big though so I don't think for me it needs to be they're very big black and white and yeah, visual very... and not mm. have a ticky noise as well because the ticky noise would drive me mad um so they you know this is hopefully when it I've ordered one by the way so um I'll link in the show notes the one I've ordered it's hopefully going to be here in a week or so so I think this timer will help because I find like just having to have timers on my phone and I don't have a clock in my studio I had a had a clock in my studio the battery ran out <laughs> but I need to so I need to get onto that but just for things like seeing how long a task takes me visually, like, oh, how long does it take me to stretch a canvas? Or how long does it take me to draw out an image? Or I don't know, just mm. give myself these blocks visually so that I can kind of gauge time a bit better. Um, because like time blindness is really, really difficult. And it's kind of like, for me, it's a bit like using Google Maps for instance, and you're, you say you use Google Maps and you're just driving along and, and it's like you've got a voice saying, um, you know, turn left at the next roundabout. And da, da, da. But my Google Maps is like constantly dropping out of Wi-Fi or mm. 3G. And so every now and then it just doesn't work or it doesn't update what I've got to do next. Refreshing. And so, yeah, and I'm just... Recalculating route. And I forget. And then I look at the thing and I see the destination and where I am, but I have no idea what is, how long that's going to take to get there because I can't, there's no markers, there's no kind of mm. um, context to put it against. Because I use timers in a totally different way. So because for me, night times are when I work best, but it's also can be a little bit precarious because when I get really into painting, if I don't set myself a timer for right now is bedtime, I would just keep painting until yeah. like one, two, three in the morning because I, I get into my real, I get into the zone. Mm. But I found that these days, in order to look after myself, I have to set a timer for 12 o'clock. And at 12 o'clock, regardless of where I'm up to or how much I'm enjoying it, is when I pack up and come inside. Mm. Um, but I also find that if I set a timer, I relax more because I can just think, all right, I can just paint and I don't have to keep checking the time and seeing what time it's up. I just yeah. enjoy it until the until it's done, and I can find that it's much easier for me to focus on what I'm doing 
if I'm not focused on how much time has elapsed and how much time I've got left. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's probably just where your brain can relax and know that the time, the time will go. Yeah, and I do use, so I have timers that go off to tell me to pick my kids up from school, for instance, like, yeah. and if I didn't have that, Same. I would be constantly anxious and checking the time, just you know, like yeah. how much time until 2.30. Um, so yeah, t t timers, I use timers a lot in a lot of different ways. Um, But I also think as well, like it's it's about like with time management, it's often about energy and where, and how. And how you're using your energy and how much energy you've got, and how and recognizing that that isn't always consistent. Mm -hmm. And um, like for instance, you know, doing the the workshop on the weekend, that used up so much of my kind of energy, mental energy, physical energy like then I was really depleted and I didn't have the capacity you know so I couldn't use the same hours in the day on the Monday and the Tuesday that I usually would have because my energy was so depleted and and I kind of fought against that a bit and felt mm. annoyed with myself but be, being actually just more aware of like when I do something like that when I do a workshop you know or you know if you do like a show or a like um any kind of like thing where you're working with the public or doing something that's slightly different from your norm that it does use up a different type of energy and that afterwards there will be a period where you possibly need to just recalibrate and reset and factoring that I, in as, I think as, sometimes it's also where you sometimes see those sorts of things as a task for a day but it's mm. actually a task that affects an entire week mm yeah absolutely yeah because it really did it took you know a couple of days before the workshop and then two days after the workshop so you know really it was yeah five five days yeah um that's not to say it wasn't worth it you know it was financially worth it and it i really i did enjoy it and hopefully everybody it's else just did but it just i think took five days means... out of my practice yeah, and it just changes your, when you expect that going in, when you think, all right, this whole week will be prep for the class, the class, and then recovering and sort of, you know, I probably won't have energy to do. If you go into that week expecting that, yeah, then you change your expectations of how much work you're going to, because I think otherwise when you just think, all right, I've got the class on Sunday and then Monday I'll jump straight back into studio yeah. work. And that's what I did. And I don't even, like, it's the irony of me listening to things about time management, Um and then going, why can't I use this Pomodoro method to get all this stuff done? <laughs> I can't believe you tried that on Monday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can. Because <laughs> I've met me. <laughs> what's your, what's sort of, one of the questions that our listeners asked was how much time, what's your time ratio of um, how much time you spend creating versus admin work? And just with how you work, what's your, I guess, what what are ways that you think that you struggle in terms of navigating the switch between admin and creating and what are some strategies that you use to, that was a big question. Um, where do you struggle and how do you solve it, I guess? <laughs> where do I struggle? All of the above. Um, how do I solve it? I don't. <laughs> um, it just depends. It really depends, you know, on, on the 
what what my week and what my day looks like and what my priorities are like if I like for instance you know with this body of work that I had to get together there that took me almost six months and so I was in the studio thinking I've got to get this painting over the line I've got to paint this painting and so then I really would just go in the studio and paint yeah so if I've got like so then I would only stop and change what I was doing because I've got like a print order or something you know like then I would say okay if I've got a print order I've got to go and do that because look at my so I write a list at the beginning of the week on a Monday although listening to a podcast that podcast yesterday um the 10% happy one they were talking about doing your to-do list on a Friday um because Friday's or even on a you know weekend day for the week ahead, so you're not using up your Monday morning writing your to-do list, and that's actually something that I will probably try and do because oh, I do tend to idea. sit in. Yeah, I tend to go in the studio on a Monday and then write my list of like things I've got to do. But then you've already taken up like an hour of your morning thinking and pottering and you know mm. doing that admin. Whereas actually, you could probably do that on the Friday at the end of your week. You could sit down and do spend your time then, where your energy is a lot less low, and then kind of launch in a bit easy quicker in the on the Monday um so yeah I, t- I tend to have a very loose framework for the week of what I need to get done um and then oftentimes realized by the end of the week that I was massively ambitious about how many things were on my to-do list and what actually was achievable yeah, Paint, 10 paintings time optimist <laughs> yeah as well but I do try to factor in usually somewhere in the week some time for doing something like playful if I can if time allows like to just do a small painting that's not part of anything just so that I've I don't know just done something that's not necessary if you know what I mean because that um that kind of keeps me from feeling like the excitement is you know, like sucked out of my art practice. I kind of need to have little side projects sometimes on the go every that I dip in and out of. Mm. Um, and again, that's sort of just you making it work for you. And yeah, and things like social media, then I'll just dip in and out of like, oh, I'm so, I'm not very good at like, I won't go, oh, I on nine o'clock on a Tuesday, I sit down for an hour and do my social media planning. No, that's no. I just go, I'm the kettle's boiling. I'll quickly write a post or I'm in the supermarket queue. I'll write a reply to some messages, you know, or the evening, you know, which is not ideal. Or, you know, I'm just waiting for this layer to dry. So I'll, whilst that layer's drying or, or oftentimes it will just be like a thought that pops into my head and I know that I'll forget it if I don't immediately act on it which is not mm. great because then that tends to suck me into a time vortex of like acting on that idea but then mindlessly scrolling and thinking oh no I've just lost a bit of time doing stuff I didn't need to do and I was actually in the flow before. It's interesting because we're so different in that way and it's like the issues that I have are almost like polar opposite to you in this arena. Like in some Mm. areas we're quite similar but this is one of those ones where we're very different because I am very much the opposite and probably Mm. my issues come around the fact that I'm almost too rigid in how I like my Mm. time to be scheduled and that becomes a problem when I say to myself, all right, between 6 and 12 at night, that's when I paint. But what happens is that the kids get sick and the kids wake up and that intrusion in like yeah. that time being broken up, 
I almost have to relax about the fact that it is unrealistic for me to think that that's going to be unbroken. Mm. And that's been, I think, the hurdles that I've had to, because I am actually reasonably good at blocking my time. I'm like, most of the, you know, at night it's purely painting. And when I get, you know, questions and emails during the week, I'll often just get back to people and say, look, I'll reply to you at the end of the week. And then I do my emails in sort of one big batch. That way I'm not saying the same things it does actually take me quite a long time to reply to a commission email like when it's initial request and so I'll often try and do a couple of those at once because otherwise I can sort of use some of the same information but I do get too rigid around that sort of stuff sometimes and Mm -hmm. I forget that being in a family and being Mm -hmm. having a partner and all of those things require flexibility and that's when I feel like I have to relax about some of that stuff and not expecting myself to meet those deadlines all the time has been where it's made a big difference. Mm. Cause I think if I keep thinking I have to meet that, you know, I have to get these six hours in is just, it just doesn't work. Life doesn't work like that. No, I think, I think because I've as well gone kind of gone into this a completely different way from you perhaps that has as as well as our personalities and our different neurological brain makeups but also the way you've gone into it from a kind of full full time or full autonomy I suppose um and then it's had to almost you've had to give up that um agency over what you do Mm. because of your children coming along whereas I've it's been all the reverse so I've had no kind of agency over my time for such a long time because I've been yeah. just like three kids deep in nappies and sleep deprivation and then gradually carved these little pockets of time out when I could mm. and so I've I almost feel like any time I get now is like oh goody goody I've got an hour wow how lucky me wow 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 I can't believe it like, and so I've, the novelty of like having this time now my kids are at school is almost is quite fresh still and it almost mm. feels sometimes quite um, almost overwhelming to have all this time. Like five hours sometimes is like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. There's so much time. But then it like, and then that's where my time blindness gets in because it's not that much time. And I, But I think it's like in my head, five hours is huge. And then I think, why have I only got this far into the painting? I've had the whole day. But what, do you have like a ritual or have a, Thing that you have to do or, or do you pretty much like six o'clock I'm in the studio bing within five minutes got my apron on I paint on my brush I'm working away so it's different the daytime to the nighttime painting for whatever reason so during the day when I find time to paint then I'm very much very much that odds odd jobs done at the same time as I'm painting it always feels like it's very stop and start um and I probably don't have as many rituals around what I do before I start painting and what I do when I finish. And maybe that's something that I need to introduce because it never really feels as satisfying as my nighttime sessions. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the evening, it's very much because uh, I've been doing it that way for such a long time. There's very much a process and a routine to it. So I put the kids down, make myself a cup of tea. I go to the studio. I turn everything on. Everything warms up. And I feel like it's almost like a... Um, like a muscle memory. Like a muscle memory. 
I just start. And so I don't get held up by, I'm not checking my emails. Like my biggest intrusion into that nighttime painting time is social media. Mm. And I'm working on that so hard not to check messages. So I've now turned off all of my notifications Mm -hmm. and I'm doing all of that to try and fight that impulse Mm. (laughs) because that to me is my biggest um, interruption. But I'm disciplined at night in a way that I feel like I'm not able to be during the day. And maybe it's just because during the day there's all these other life jobs that have to be done at the same time as I'm home painting. So like all the other life, Mm. it's not just about painting. Whereas I think one of the things I like about painting at night is that the rest of the house is quiet. Everyone else is asleep and there's not the interruptions. And I think that's the thing that I'm envious of you. Like I'd love, I'd love to have that because I feel like my day is almost the same as your day in a sense. Like I know that I I probably have more days in a row that are like, in inverted commas, uninterrupted because my kids are at school. Mm. But there's still so much other stuff going on. You know, the postman turns up, my husband comes in to tell me something, the phone rings and it's the school or blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, the washing's got to be hung out. All these things that make it that I can't just get a solid block of hours in consistently. Whereas like the evening, like you say, yeah, everybody's, the kids are asleep. No no one's gonna interrupt you. If you go in the studio, if I do go in the studio and shut the door, I can get, it's a different kind of peace in my brain, but Mm. I struggle with um, my energy level so much and my, sleep anxiety that I Mm. that then I fight between there's a kind of there's this mm, dissonance between like wanting that uninterrupted time where where there's no necessary cut off apart from I need to go to bed but also my sleep anxiety and my worry that if I do that I will then be tired the next day and also my energy not being as high Mm. so it's really hard like I, I wonder if I could decide to do one night a week or something where I could do that just to get a bit of time where I feel a bit more peaceful I think that's the that's the thing I feel like and it might in order to keep your sort of sleep anxiety at bay what you could try and it depends on your family situation as always like whether you could get your husband to do the bedtime routine Mm. like do you mean so he takes over from like five six o'clock and then you could go from five I mean I know there's like double bonus points there because you also don't have to do bedtime but you could go from like five until eight or nine which is a good block of time and you won't be interrupted for most of it yeah but you're not going to the point because I know with you once it gets past nine ten o'clock you're like I need to go to bed and you can't I can't. The enjoyment wouldn't be there. It's not, yeah. Because there's no point trying to do something that doesn't fit within your energy levels. Maybe you start with having two hours in the evening. Mm. Yeah. And as the summer comes round, it will be easier because they're like, you know, they go to bed a bit later. And I do definitely get in the studio in the evening more in the summer. Um, It's warmer, obviously, it's lighter. it feels more inviting to go in there when it's still light outside. But it's just, yeah, so I think being aware of all those things and um, realising that there really is not going to be any, like all these things that you hear about, like this, do this, try this, try this strategy, try this method. Like you've got to pick and choose and apply things that will work for you and your situation and your personality. Like it's going to be different for everybody. Exactly. Like, I, you know, it's it's interesting because you always... 
there is always like that grass is greener scenario when you hear mm. about what someone else is doing. Like when people talk about them, have, you, you when you talk about having your kids at school, like all of them five days a week, not that that's ever happened really, but... <laughs> yeah it sounds amazing on paper (laughs) yeah like to me that's the bit that sounds amazing like five days and in the back of my head I'm like soon Elfie will be at daycare more than a couple of days a week soon and then but it is you know when I think about it it's you've got to sort of figure out what works for you and part of I think what's caused some of the time pressure is that I've been enjoying my time with my youngest and not really wanting to put him into daycare more but that you can't have all of the things. Yeah, yeah. You can't have all the things. I can't have him at home and have time to paint during the day, so it's sort of... One of the big quotes that I took from Oliver Berkman today was, um, and I think you'd probably really like this one, is have you accepted that you are who you are or are you still hung up on becoming the person that you think you ought to be? Mm. Oh. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm very much closer to accepting who I am now than I was mm. four or five years ago. Um, yeah, but yeah, it took a long time to get to this point. And I feel like I'm now kind of fully awake almost and, and conscious of my life in a completely different way than I was before because it's a prior to kind of knowing like oh I'm neurodivergent and oh okay that means a lot of things are different for me and having an awareness of that sense of self um I spent so much of my time fighting against who I was and trying to be different that Mm. it just led to so much kind of like less joy I think in my life in a way yeah there is uh, it's really nice when you start to actually realize who you are and mm. when you stop trying to be what you think what other people what you think other people think you should be yeah so what other people's idea of being an artist is or a mum is or mm. and when you sort of figure out how that works in your life so that it works for you like I know for me I feel like I'm only just starting to find that balance of who I am as a mum of two and a painter and it's mm. been a bit of a rocky bro nowhere near mm. as rocky as the first kid but mm. um it does take time sort of find yeah find yourself and how you work and I think I often feel apologetic for the fact that I'm a bit of a control freak but then when I think about it I'm like do you know what routines really work for me yeah I think and if you've got to also really choose like the narrative that. like because that again like you know using the word control freak like that like I'd almost say to you try not try to drop that and let that word go because that's actually not serving you very well and say to yourself instead of saying I'm a control freak saying I like to have a routine and a schedule because to me that brings me comfort and ease and it's not that you are you know that you want control it's more that you just like to have to know like you have to have a framework for your week and your working hours and things because that gives you a sense of comfort and and that's not that's fine I do, and I do understand that, and I think there definitely is power in words, and I think that semantics matter, but sometimes I also think you can take the power out of a word as well. Like, I can say I'm a control freak and know that that's okay and, like, be, be okay. do you know what I mean, take it back in a I way. I'm a chaos muppet. Yeah, <laughs> you, like, there's, there's also that sort of flip <laughs> yeah, yeah, side yeah, yeah, of it. Yeah. It's, it. You know, it depends as on long how as you, you... Yeah, exactly. As long as you're saying it without a kind of negative... Um, 
you know, reprimand. Connotation. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I, it, yeah, it's interesting because I think sometimes there's all that constant sort of rebranding as well and sometimes I sort of think then you – I know for me I overthink it and then get worried about using words <laughs> and sometimes I just think, do you know what? It's okay. It's okay. okay to go, you're a control freak and that's fine. Like, yeah. Wear it. Wear your badge. We should take exactly. I'm not, I Chaos like Muppet, control freak. <laughs> yeah. They'll be in the merch. I love it. Yeah, lean into who you are and then you'll find, you know, the strategies that work for you the best, I think. Um, Yeah, that's a beautiful note to sum up where we've we've (laughs) wandered around a bit today. We're both going to set ourselves some homework. I want to, this is me setting myself my homework, I'm not going to set yours. I want to try to be, have more boundaries around weekends and not feeling like I need to reply to messages on in downtime like evening times and weekends I need to they need to become more sacred and I'm going to start trying to do like a ritual of a walk after school drop-off or something some kind of movement before I get in the studio to kind of prime myself so that I can start work and have moved and have felt better about you know physically getting myself ready for some work um so those i'm going to keep it simple but i think those are two things i'm going to try to bring in so that i can kind of see if i become more productive in the time i have got what about you so i think for me it's going to be around uh just maintaining some flexibility in my routines and making sure that it doesn't, you know, making it okay if they get interrupted and not getting too caught up in the rigidity of them and then also mm. making priority for some of those self-care things where regardless of where the to-do list is, mm-hmm. they have to take a priority at least a few nights a week because waiting for the to-do list to get done is is yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's always endless, isn't it? It's just going to carry on. So we may as well at least put ourselves in it. <laughs> mm. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, we've talked for, well, probably me, we've talked for far too long. So let's wrap up. We've got a few Ko-Fi thank yous today. So thank you very much to Barbara, Sophie, Michelle, Shona Lee and Wendy. Nice. Thank you so much. Very, very kind of you. Well, cool. We've waffled. We've had interruptions. I've cried. <laughs> I think it sounds like a podcast. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any tips on time management that we haven't covered today, do drop us a line and let us know. Um, love to hear them on our Substack. You can subscribe in the link in the show notes. Uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss an episode. Um, thanks, Julie. Anything to add? Thanks so much, Phoebe. Nice chatting to you. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Thanks, Julie. Until next time. Bye. Keep failing. Bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.